It's an exciting time in the Cooper family. It's an exciting time in our church. It's been in a season of just reflecting. As we've been in this series, We Are People's Church, this five-week series, I've been talking about who we are and what we're all about. If you miss one week of this series, get on our YouTube and watch the messages. We talked about who we are as a church. And today I want to wrap up with one of the big reasons of why we exist as a church. I want to talk to you about we are a place of hope. We are a place of hope. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 10, verse 25. I'm curious at all of our campuses, if you have a paper Bible in the house at one of our locations, come on, wave it at me. Come on, anybody still carrying a paper? Come on, where my paper Bible? Hey, look at these spiritually mature, deep believers in the Lord. I still have a paper Bible. I, I, I read Bible in the app and you version, but I still have a paper Bible that I read every day. I read it this morning for my devotional time. I, I just love paper Bibles. Turn with me or open your phone up to Luke chapter 10 and verse number 25. It says this, and I'm going to read several scriptures to you. Don't zoom out. Don't, don't, don't lose sight of what I'm reading. It's so important for where I'm going today and what I want to teach you. It says this, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him. He carried him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Jesus said there was a man attacked and beat up and left for dead. And as I read this passage of scripture this week and have meditated this week and actually for the last several weeks have been meditating on it, I started to think about all the people in our world who have been beat up by life. How many of you realize that life can be hard? Life can be cruel. Life can be ugly. And people can get beat up by their own family. They can be neglected and abused and abandoned by family. People can be beat up at school. Students are literally getting beat up with name calling and verbal abuse and physical abuse and fights and being bullied 
at school. People get beat up by being raised in an environment that's full of violence and crime and drug and alcohol addiction. And here's what I've come to understand about life. Life can beat you up. School can beat you up. Job can beat you up. Friends can beat you up. Your environment can beat you up. Social media can beat you up. Society and culture can beat you up. But here at People's Church, we don't beat you up. We get you up. We don't beat you up. We lift you up. We are a place of hope. We're a place of hope for the hurting, the harassed, the helpless, and the hopeless. What I want to do today from this story of the Good Samaritan, I want to give you four ways we bring hope to the hurting. Four ways we bring hope to the hurting. Number one is this, don't pass by. We don't pass by. Jesus said in this story that a priest and a Levite saw this man half dead and they walked right by him. They have no clue why he's laying on the road. They don't don't know what's happened to him. All they know is they see this man who is half dead, and he's fighting for his life, and instead of stopping by, they just pass right on by. Why would they pass by a man who is hurting and helpless and half dead and do Nothing. I want to give you some insight on some reasons I believe they pass by. And number one is inconvenience. I'm too busy. I don't have time to help him. I I know he's hurting. I know he's half dead, but I just, I don't have time. I've got a busy day. My schedule is full. The kids have practice. I've got work. I've got things going on. I just don't have time for this. I mean, the dude is bloody. He is messy. He is stinky. I I can't, I'll mess up. I'm in my good outfit today. I can't mess up my good clothes today. It's just a bit inconvenient for me to stop and to help this man. You know, I, I, I thought back to several months ago. My wife and I were leaving a movie theater. It was late at night. I don't know, somewhere between 9, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, it's dark outside, and we're walking in the parking lot of this movie theater, and somebody rolls up on us with their car, rolls down the window, I mean, no, brother's like, oh, holla, what, what's, what's going on here? You know what I mean? And he, he says to me, hey, Pastor Herbert, he says something like, you're, you're, I appreciate your ministry. Thanks so much for what you do. And I don't typically stop at 10 o'clock at night and talk to folk in a dark parking lot <laughs> that I don't know. But something gripped my heart, and I just began to talk, asked a couple of questions, asked a couple of more, and I could just tell that this young man, he was with his girlfriend, there was something happening in his heart, and I could hear some hurt, I could hear some pain, and I continued to talk, and I said, hey, why don't you just park your car? He parked his car, and him and his girlfriend got out, and we literally stood there 40, 45 minutes in the parking lot talking, prayed for him, and it was a game-changing moment. I was tired. It was late at night. 
my belly was full of full of popcorn. It's time to go to bed. But because of that moment of ministering to this young man, I had no idea that several months later he had moved to Oklahoma City so that he could intern at People's Church. He's one of our interns today. God is using his life just because at a moment when I was inconvenienced, I stopped, I paused, I listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We oftentimes don't stop because we're inconvenienced. The second reason we don't stop is because we prejudge. We walk by people because we draw conclusions of why someone is beat up and we don't even know the facts. It's easy for all of us to look at someone who is beat up in life and to judge them, to condemn them. What, what's wrong with them? They need to get their act together. They should be doing better with their life. They're just wasting their life. It's easy to condemn people when we don't know their story. And everybody has a story. Every person you meet who's beat up in life, that's somebody's son. That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's brother or sister. And, and I've just noticed this about myself whenever I'm condemning, whenever I'm judging, I realize, Herbert, you need to stop and you need to listen to people. Because whenever I begin to listen to people's story, I realize that behind the drama, behind the, the pain, behind their life beating, being, being beat up, there's a story of hurt. There's oftentimes a story of some horrible situation. There's a story of pain or trauma that led them to start using drugs, that led them to poverty, that led them to homelessness, that led to an addiction or low self-esteem or suicidal thoughts or even suicidal attempts on their own life. There's something that, that happened that caused a young man or young ladies to start giving away their body to multiple people over and over and over again to deal with emotional instability or, or making poor decisions. And I just want to remind us that our job as Christ followers is not to judge and condemn every person and just to walk right on by. No, our job is to stop and to do something. James chapter 2 and verse 15 and 16 says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? And oftentimes when we see someone without clothes, we see someone without food, we see someone in a horrible situation, we can just pass by because we tend to judge first instead of love first. We tend to condemn first instead of listening first. And if we see someone in a horrible situation and all we do every time is just walk right on by and do nothing, that kind of faith does not please God. Listen, we can't allow inconvenience or we can't allow prejudging to stop us from helping hurting people. There's a third reason that we tend to pass by, and that is we don't believe in people. We pass by people because we think, ah, they're too far gone. Oh, they're strung out too much. They, 
They can't be helped. They, they can't be healed. They, they, they can't be saved. Their, their life can't change. But, but every time I think that about somebody else, I think back to my own story when I was in high school and I was, I was addicted to pornography. I was addicted to sexual immorality and I was lying and cheating and full of pain and hurt. I'd been sexually abused and I think back to my life being in shambles and I'm so glad when my life was chaotic, when I was beat up, kind of like this, this man laying half dead, injured. I'm glad that somebody believed in me. I'm glad when other people were saying, oh, that's just that Cooper boy. That's that Cooper family. That I had some people that said, God has a plan for your life. God wants to do something for your, with your life. And I'm glad they invited me to fellowship a Christian athletes meeting in that football locker room because they believed in me and my potential. And can I tell you, that person that you're overlooking, that person that you think is too far gone, can I tell you, I serve a God that still gets people up. He gets them out their pit. Come on, am I talking to somebody today that when you were down, somebody believed in you? When you were down, somebody says, God has a plan for you. When you were down and out, somebody looked at you and said, God's going to use you one day. Oh, we got to believe in people. Even when they're laying on the street half dead. A fourth reason that we give up on people and, and walk by them is it's, we think it's not my responsibility. You know, someone else will take care of them. Well, pastor, that's not my calling. That's not my burden. God didn't give me the gift of helping hurting and broken people. But those hurting people are not my neighbor. So I'm not going to help. But, but Jesus told this Pharisee, and the scripture says he was trying to justify himself. He, Jesus said, your neighbor is all the people right around you that you keep passing by. Go and do likewise. Go and be the good Samaritan. Go help hurting and broken people. And you know what happens to a lot of us? I've been here as well. We start thinking, but I can't help every need. There's so many needs all around me. I can't help all of these people. And that's true. We can't help everybody. But we shouldn't allow that to be an excuse not to help somebody. Do for one what you want to do for all. Help somebody. Help somebody. Help somebody. People's church is not a church that passes by the needs of hurting people. We are a place of hope. We don't beat people up. We get people up. That's our calling. There, there, there's a, a second way we bring hope and healing. And number two is this. We have pity. We have pity. Notice in Luke 10, verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. Everybody at every location shout, pity. That was a weak shout. Come on, everybody shout, pity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Samaritan had pity on the man. He saw a man hurting, wounded, and left for dead, and he took pity on him. And the prayer that I've been praying this week. I prayed it this morning over myself. I prayed it over you. I pastor several lead and senior pastors across the nation, and I actually texted them this prayer this morning as well. And the prayer is simply this. Oh, God, please let the needs of hurting humanity bother us. Oh, God, 
God, please let the needs of hurting humanity disturb us. Let it break our hearts. God, do not allow us to become desensitized by all the pain and the poverty and the murder and the homelessness and the lostness and the confusion and the addiction and the abuse. Oh, God, let it break our hearts when we see hurting humanity. Don't let us be desensitized by the television because we see murder and hate and crime every day. We walk around our city and we see murder, hate, and crime, and wickedness, and addiction every day. Oh, God, let it break our hearts. Let us have compity. Let us have compassion like Jesus had compassion. It says in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 about our Savior. It says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see, the reason Jesus helped and healed people was because he was first moved with compassion. He, he knew there was a story behind people's pain. That's why Jesus said, he said hey, th these people are harassed and helpless. There's a reason they are where they are, and I have compassion on them. Luke chapter 15, verse 20, this is the story about the prodigal son who left his father's house, took his share of the inheritance, spent it all in wild living. And the Bible says, so he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. When you and I lack compassion, we just walk away from the needs of people. But whenever we are filled with compassion, like the Father, we will run to meet the needs of a hurting and broken people. And let me say this about this prodigal son. He was wrong. He made some stupid decision and left the father's house. He had no business doing what he was doing, but the father still had compassion on him and ran to him, and God began to speak to me. Yes, Herbert, I want you, I want my church to have compassion on people that are harassed and helpless, but also have compassion on people who just make stupid decisions. We got to just learn to have compassion. Come on, just look at your name and say, probably talking to you right now. You, 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 I think you got S all on your chest. Just stupid. You know, like you just did some stupid stuff. Like you just did stupid. And, and, and may God fill us with compassion. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, I want you to receive this. Every location, every location. I want, I want, I want, me, I want to read this over your heart right now. Receive it right now. Holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God, clothe us with compassion. God, clothe our hearts with compassion. Just close your eyes with me. Come on for 10 or 15 seconds at every location. Would you just ask God to clothe your heart with compassion? Come on, just ask him, Heavenly Father, give us compassion for those who are hurting, for those who are harassed, those who are helpless, for those who make stupid decisions. God, give us compassion. May we not just walk by every time and do nothing.
God give us compassion. People's church, our world needs Christians who are full of the Holy Spirit and who are clothed with compassion. And may people's church always be a place of compassion, love, forgiveness, kindness, joy, goodness, restoration, healing, biblical solutions, and hope. God, give us compassion not to beat people up, but to get people up. Number three is this. There's a third way we bring hope and healing. And number three is heal people, don't hurt people. You know, in this story, and it talks about in Luke chapter 10 and verse 34, that the good Samaritan went to the man. He bandaged his wounds. He, he poured oil and wine into the wounds. And what he wanted to do, he was pouring oil and wine in to, to clean the wounds so they wouldn't get infected and so that they could heal properly. And this is such a beautiful picture of what God has called us to do as a church. We are a place of hope and healing. And no matter how beat up people are, no matter how wounded people are. We exist as people's church to bring hope and healing. We bring hope and healing with the love of God. We bring hope and healing with the word of God. We bring hope and healing with the spirit of God. This is a house of healing. And then the Bible says that the good Samaritan took the man, put him on his donkey, and he brought him, he carried him to the end so he could be taken care of, a safe place of refuge. And again, what a phenomenal picture of what God has called us to do as a church. People have been beat up by life, and God has called us to help carry them to a safe place where they can be healed and find hope again. We're a carrying church. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I don't think I'm educating you on this. I think the vast majority of you understand that people are weighed down today by heavy burdens. The burdens of trauma, the burdens of failure, the burdens of wounds, the burdens of hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And people's church exists to help People carry their burdens. Can I tell you, doing this back to the movie series, those invite cards, as you invite people to a house of healing, you are carrying burdens. What service would you like to come to? I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there at this time. You can sit with me. We'll go grab lunch afterwards. I'm, I'm going to help. I'll pick you up. Come on. I, I'll, I'll you get you in the family. Whatever I got to do, I want to carry you into the presence of the Lord because I know that Jesus will offer you healing and hope. Every time you invite somebody, you're carrying them to the presence of the Lord. Can I tell you, all of you that serve on the dream team every Sunday, every Wednesday, so many different ministries that you're serving in. You're carrying people every Sunday and Wednesday. People are coming in broken and hurting and confused and they're burdened down with life. And can I tell you, every time you serve today, many of you are serving and you're offering hope and healing to people. All of you that lead a small group are bringing hope and healing to people and carrying burdens. Every time. That's what our small groups do. They help people take a next step spiritually. They help people grow and they help people carry their burdens. You see, I deeply believe that we don't grow best spiritually. We don't best carry each other's burdens by sitting in rows 
looking at the back of each other's heads. We actually carry each other's burdens and best grow spiritually sitting in circles, doing life together and talking to one another and sharing our story and sharing our pain and praying for one another. And that can happen in a variety of ways. You could lead a small group, by a basketball group. You could lead a group that likes to go drink coffee. You could lead a bicycle riding group. You could lead a cooking group. We're going to grill out in the summer. Whatever your hobby, whatever you enjoy doing, you can turn it into a group and to help carry people's burdens by hearing their story, by offering a prayer, by offering support. And I'm believing as we just ended our, our winter small groups and start our summer small groups on June the 5th through July 30th. I'm believing for many of you to continue to lead your small group and I'm believing for 50 to 100 more new small group leaders to say, Pastor, count on me. I'm going to help carry people's burdens. Here's what I want you to do. As our summer small group semester starts June the 5th and you're saying, Pastor, I'm interested in carrying people's burdens. I want you to grab your cell phone out right now. And I want you to text this. Just text PC Groups to 94000. I only see six of you grabbing your phones. Come on, Lord. Touch your church to carry burdens. Touch your church to carry burdens. PC Groups to 94000. It's just eight weeks of your life. Eight weeks of your life this summer. And the massive difference you can make in someone's life, in a child's life, in a student's life, because you're willing to carry people's burdens. I want you to see a fourth way we bring hope and healing. Number four is this. Do what you can with what you have. Do what you can with what you have. Notice in Luke chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, it says, then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him, he carried him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So he put him on his own donkey. He gave the innkeeper some money and said, hey, would you take care of this man as I go on on my trip? Once I come back, I'll settle the account. But I want you to notice what he could not do for this man. He could not stay with this man the entire time as he healed up. He wasn't able to. He, he couldn't take this man on the entire trip to where he was going. For some reason, he couldn't take the man with him. He could not pay for the man's family to come be with him and to stay with him in the end until he was healed. But notice, he didn't let what he could not do stop him from what he could do. He did what he could with what he had. And church, that's all God ever calls us to do. Do what you can with what you have. And as a church, as we wrap up this series, wow, I still can't believe it. We are People's Church celebrating 20 years. I want to thank you, People's Church, for being a church that always does what you can with what you have to bring hope and healing to hurting and broken people. People search, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Tiffany and I talk about you all the time. You are just an amazing group of people that meet so many needs around the world because you do what you can with what you have. And God has blessed your life and our church because of it. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be 
refreshed. And People's Church, thank you for refreshing thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And I want you to know God's refreshing you. He's refreshing our church because we're refreshing others. And I want to pause just for a moment at all of our locations, all of you that serve on the dream team to refresh others, to bring hope and healing to others at every location. Would you just raise your hand if you serve on the dream team? Just raise it. Keep it raised. Come on, just raise it. Come on, church. Would you put your hands together? Come on, come on, come on. These folks are bringing hope. Come on, you can do better than that. They serve. Thank you for serving. Thank you for bringing hope and healing. Thank you for making a difference at every location. Thank you, Midwest City. Thank you, Northwest. Thank you, Indianapolis. Thank you, those that serve at Mabel Bassett. Thank you, those that serve online. Thank you for bringing hope and healing. I want to just say thank you to all of our small group leaders that have served and will continue to serve to bring hope and healing. If you're a small group leader, just throw your hand up just real quick. All of the small group leaders, come on, every location, just throw, throw your hand up. Just thank you. Come on, y'all. Would you just come on? Come on, y'all. Thank you for bringing hope and healing. Thank you for carrying people's burdens. Thank you for what you do. I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for shepherding people and loving people and ministering to people. To all of you that tithe, Give to Dream Builders. I just want to say at this 20-year anniversary as we conclude this series, thank you for being faithful to tithe and give offerings to Dream Builders so that we can bring hope and healing locally, nationally, and globally around the world through outreach, through ministry partners, through missions. Your giving is making such a difference. We don't do this often, but today, would you put your hands together and thank God for all those who tithe and give. Come on, come on, give. That put food in this house. Come on, thank you for giving. 20 years of faithfulness, 20 years of life change, 20 years because of your faithfulness to the Lord. I thank you for your generosity. And People's Church, we're just getting started. I said, we're just getting started. I said, we're just getting started. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. We're going to continue to bring more hope and more healing over the next 20 years. Last week, I announced, if you missed it, I announced that this fall we're launching People's Church Leadership College. We're going to raise up an army of young leaders to bring hope and healing through our accredited college partnering with Southeastern University and if you're 22 or under and you would like more information about our leadership college launching this fall just get your phones out take a picture of this you can just text PCLC to 94000 PCLC to 94000 students young leaders I believe in you God's hands on you don't listen to what the world's spoken over your life. God's going to use you powerfully. We're starting this leadership college because we believe in you. And you don't have to be majoring in the Bible. It doesn't matter the degree you want to major in. We can offer it for you, to you, and raise you up as a young leader to be a warrior for Jesus. I, I'm believing this. I'm, I would love to have the resources to scholarship three, four, five, six, ten of these students. So if the Lord speaks to your heart, uh, to give over and above your tithe an extra thousand or five or ten or fifteen or twenty thousand. Can I tell you, we'll put it to good use with these students to scholarship some students who can't afford school but have the mind, have the ability, have the drive to do something with their life. We're going to raise up a generation of warriors for Jesus to make a difference.
People's Church on July 23rd. We're having our first ever serve day. And here's what I'm asking for. I want our entire church to serve on that day in the community on July 23rd. It's actually the month of July is nationally is serve day for thousands of churches. And we're jumping in to serve Oklahoma City and to serve Indianapolis. We're going to serve in Midwest City, Northwest Oklahoma City. We're going to serve that day. And so what I want you to do is gather your small group or gather some friends, pick a project and serve in the community. Matter of fact, on the screen are just some examples of projects that you can select and choose from. Lots of different projects you could do. And you can mow somebody's grass. You can get some friends and go to a school and, and, and paint a school. Or I mean, you could, you, you, you could help. And so you can help at a nursing home. You, there's some more. I think they have another slide. You can, you, I mean, there's so many things that you can do. You can pay for, some, for somebody's uh, a local laundromat, make a difference. Come on, you can go to the gas station. Just sitting right there. Pay, you'll get, have a real ministry. Just pay everybody to get gas for a while. You know what I'm saying? But just whatever the Lord will lead you to do. We want to serve our city in a powerful way that day, July 23rd. Here's what I want you to do. If you will get the People's Church app, and on the app, there's a place right there on the app that says Serve Day. Serve Day. Click on that, and you can see all, there's a lot more examples of uh, ideas of outreach projects. You can, you can pick one of those or pick your own. And then on the app, register your outreach that day so we know what outreaches we're doing, and maybe even other people will come join your outreach and help. But register your outreach right there on the app, People's Church app. Get the app on your phone and register your project. Can you imagine as we all wear our People's Church shirts on July 23rd, thousands of people in Oklahoma City and Indianapolis, can you imagine the impact we make in people's lives sharing the love of God? You're going to be part of a really big special day, July 23rd. As always we've done this for years we're doing it again because of your generosity we're going to provide under-resourced children with backpacks and school supplies thousands and thousands of kids in the back to school season thank you because you have been so generous for the last 20 years we're going to conclude today with one of our heartbeats and that's being a generous church and i want you to know that today we gave away thousands of dollars in Indianapolis. We selected two ministries in Indianapolis, and we blessed them both with $10,000 apiece today. Harbor lighthouses that help men and women get free from drug and addiction. And we also selected Shepherd Community Center, and that helps people break the cycle of poverty there in Indianapolis. They help families with food, get jobs, education, and help kids with mentoring and tutoring. Matter of fact, those, that happened. They took pictures and sent it over to me so that I could show you what's happening in Indianapolis. We gave away $20,000, $10,000. Come on, People's Church. That's your giving, making a difference. People getting set free because of your generosity. And then today I have selected, we selected two other ministries. Hope is Alive is based out of Oklahoma City a powerful ministries that help men and women get free from addictions. Hope is Alive has 24 homes in 10 cities, five states, 200 plus residences are in those homes currently. 10 homes are actually in the Oklahoma City metro area. 
Hope is Alive has an 80% success rate for all graduates. 78 children have been united with sober, re reunited with sober parents over the last 12 months alone. Alone. Over 100 residents have been baptized in water the last two years. Come on, we can give God praise for that. And then we're also going to give money to the well church it's a 17 week old church can both lance and victor come it's a 17 week old church they started with in the baltimore maryland area they started with 470 people on easter they had 332 people at a 17 week old church 59 salvations already 59 salvations already this is pastor victor right here this is pastor lance the president of hope is alive and I love investing in church planners because I think it's one of our best mission dollars. Because whenever we invest in a local church, they turn around and help people like Hope is Alive in their community. They give the missionaries all around the world. I mean, it's such a great investment of our missions dollars. And today, People's Church, you're blessing Hope is Alive and you're investing a brand new church plant that was us 20 years ago. You're giving $40,000 a piece to these two ministries. Bring out the signs. Would you do that? Come on. Come on, People's Church. Come on, People's Church. Give God. Hey. Come on, People's Church. You're bringing hope. You're bringing healing. This is what we do. This is what we do. We bring hope and healing. Pastor Victor, would you just say a few words to our church? Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much from the Well Church, from my family, from the dream team there, from the small group leaders there, from the generous people there. Thank you for being an example of what it means to give hope. And this is just seed. And if you know the mystery of a seed, there is a forest in every seed. If this is the seed, imagine what your forest looks like. Thank you so much. Come on, People's Church, give your God some praise. People's Church, thank you so much. Just like Pastor Victor said, when you sow a seed into Hope is Alive, you're sowing a seed into the future. We need these funds to open a new home for women. Twelve women are going to get an opportunity to radically change their life, step into a new future because of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, one more time. Give God the praise. This is how we celebrate 20 years of being a blessing to help the hurting and the hopeless.